Good evening and welcome to the Fuel for Football podcast. I'm your host Sanchez Bailey and for the new viewers, welcome and for the returning viewers, good to have you back on board. Now let's get straight to it. Now football's been quite busy recently and so typically what we'll do with a podcast is we'll draw from inspiration from recent events and use those moments, whether they're physical, psychological, nutritional, tactical or even uh, analytical, we use those moments to, to add value to you in your careers. Now football has been busy and you know I'm talking like the, the domestic competitions coming in, you've got the European competitions and then you've got the league competitions, which means players are being rotated, which means there's a bit of inconsistency in terms of you following the trail of an athlete. And so there hasn't really been much for me personally to draw inspiration from to then deliver in this podcast. However, um, one of my strengths is that I'm creative, so I always had to, I had to come up with something. And the reason why I'm saying this is because it's gonna make sense for the rest of this podcast. And so, one, yeah, so I basically drew inspiration and I came up with a topic today using a player who's really rose to prominence recently, playing tonight, and I was hoping to interview him. However, you know, million followers and his schedule. Hopefully we'll get to a point where we can speak to him and really gain insight from his life and his uh, shoes. And so the topic today is gonna to be confidence. Now, you know, working as a sports psychologist, there's so many, uh, occasions where I've worked with athletes that confidence has been the most frequently brought up issue or topic or you know something that an athlete really wants to improve on and so one of the interesting things about that is that sometimes I feel like athletes might not actually mean confidence or they might not understand what they mean when they say that and today what I want to do is bring a bit of clarity on that I also want to give you steps to improve confidence levels and so that will either equip you with the tools so that when confidence is being threatened you have that or whether you're at that moment where confidence is being kind of challenged now, you can combat that very easily. Now, the word confidence, the actual word or the, you know, the term confidence means or is regarded by or you know, determined by, furthermore, the, the ability that you have or the belief, furthermore, in the ability for you to successfully perform a task. So there's a few key words here. So one of the key words is belief, right? Which is, you know, just a, a feeling essentially and, and you knowing something about yourself. Uh, and then, or something else. And then one is the ability and then successfully perform. So there's three stages of confidence in terms of the definition. And so let's, let's start with ability. Whether you're a professional, semi-pro athlete or an amateur, for you to perform at that skill level, you have the required ability to perform at that skill level. So if you're a pro, you know, if you're a pro player, you have the ability and the skill level that matches the demands of a professional. The same for a semi-professional and the same for an athlete or an amateur furthermore. And as a result, you have an ability. So usually the ability, let's just ignore that now because we know the ability is there. The most important thing in this you know, podcast and in life is the belief you knowing that you have the ability. Now, if you know that you have the ability, success is gonna be, is, is gonna follow, you know? And, and the issue with success is that success is not always going to happen. So when things don't continue to go your way and things are going unsuccessful for you, that's when people usually have their belief, their core belief threatened, you know? And so uh, we're gonna address all of those today, but the main thing is focusing on the belief. If we break confidence down, there's two types of confidence in life as well. So this is really important for you to know. There's trait confidence and state confidence. State confidence is essentially 
governed by scenarios and occasions and you know you know situations at that moment we'll touch on that in a moment but the most important one is trait confidence if you've been following us so far i've been echoing that it's important for you to know your worth and your skill level it's important for you to know that and that's the only way that you can progress because that is literally what governs everything that you do you knowing your ability and you knowing how how good you are or your your skill and what you bring to the table because if you're in a team well, you're going to be in a team sport because you're looking at football, for you to know your ability, you know how you can contribute to the team. And then in this context, you know your, your uh, ability to protect your confidence levels. So trait uh, confidence is essentially your real beliefs, your inner beliefs about yourself. Now, most people have confidence uh, or trait confidence. And you don't have trait confidence if you've kind of been battered, you know, and been like verbally abused and criticized all your life. And then that kind of threatens your, your trait confidence because you then question yourself. But most people have that. Most people know their worth and most people know their skill level. But it's important for it to be something that you believe in. Yeah. And so once again, that's the first thing that you need to do. So if you haven't done that, maybe just pause it for a moment. Just write down the things that you're strong at. For me personally, I don't play football no more, but I know two of my biggest strengths is that I'm a problem solver. So if I'm addressed with situations that are very tough, I can work to a solution. And I also know that I'm creative, and so I'm always full of ideas. And so those key traits allows me to keep going. And so when I'm threatened by things that might be you know, affecting maybe, let's just say, confidence for lack of a better term right now, or I feel a little bit down or a little bit demotivated, I know that I can bounce back because I have that level of creativity and I can problem solve. I can work it out. If you know your skill level, and you know your ability and you know the you know the, the the big traits about yourself and it's something that you know and it's really inside of you and you really believe that then confidence really will be within you at all times all times the thing that's threatening now is a success and that's governed by the scenarios and the occasions that you play so state confidence is really what people say if i speak to a professional athlete they are not telling me unless they've had a trauma maybe a, a long-term injury that really threatens your, your belief in you to perform again. And I'll use Kevin De Bruyne as an example. Last season, you really had some injuries, career-threatening injuries as well, and reoccurring injuries that really threatened his confidence levels. And it was understandable as to why he would be questioning himself or even not believing he has the ability to get to the height that he was at, you know? And that's an example of where trait confidence will be challenged. And it's great to see him back and he's, you know, in form again. And that's one of the conundrums in sport when someone has their trait confidence challenge and they have a drop completely. But state confidence is usually the most frequently brought up topic. And that's usually governed by the situation. So if someone is losing 10 games in a row, let's use Watford as an example. They're bottom of the table. Things are not going their way for them. They've had a change of manager. So many things are just not going well. Their talisman is out injured. And so their confidence, or maybe a few players' confidence levels could be challenged and it's state confidence. They believe, they probably still know that they have ability. You know, they got themselves to the FA Cup final, they know their skill levels and etc. but their state confidence is threatened right now. So if you're going for a moment in sport at this present time, it may be because of the scenarios that are going on and how you interpret those scenarios that then affects your ability to believe that you can successfully perform um, at a particular level 
And so that's one of that's one of the harsh things that an athlete, you know, uh, has to face, you know, where they actually question their ability because of what's going on in their world, you know. And what we want to do today is get to the point where you can realize that about yourself and know how to interpret scenarios. So let's just use um, a player in particular, and I really want to get uh, or praise him for his his uh, comeback and his rise to prominence. Is Serge Nabry. Yes, so Serge Nabry was, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I know quite a lot about him. He was uh, a talent in Germany. He was making a lot of noise as a young teen. He was playing for Stuttgart in their academy. And then Arsenal, you know how Arsenal are, especially with the youth. And at that time, they were really having a German focus. They, they saw him and they brought him into the team and take, took him into the academy. Uh, 15 years old, I believe. So they took him into the under-16s where he immediately made a great impression. You know, he was scoring and he was getting loads of assists. And so within not, it wasn't too long before he was playing for the reserves at the time, which would be the modern-day under-23s. So 15-16, straight into the reserves where he's still making an impact. I believe he played a season there and it wasn't too long before then that the Arsenal first team picked him up as a 17-year-old and now he's playing amongst players like Van Persie, he's got maybe Najri at the time, not too sure. Um, big players, you know, big players in the world, essentially, well, worldwide recognised and widely respected. And a team that's challenging for, <laughs> at the time, top four. But Serge Nabry, you know, must have been, you know, at a great height, confidence levels must be skyrocketed, coming from Germany, a smaller team, playing in the biggest league in the world at the time. So things went well for him, you know. Uh, I believe he got a few injuries that kind of got him down a little bit. But to be fair, he got himself back into the first team and, you know, he got, you know, a bit of game time. However, Arsenal got to a point where there was a bit of pressure on the manager. And as a result, when Wenger at the time was, he needed to produce. So he had to buy a lot more experience and just get results for him to stay in that Champions League spot. and. Wenger actually was successful in that and now we can look back and appreciate it. And as a result, Nabry's time kind of fell down. He kind of fell down the pecking order. And as a result, he started going on loan. So he went on loan back to Germany uh, to get some game time. But then also there was a loan, which is very interesting, which is what will be the main focus. And that was at West Brom. So he was at Arsenal still, and Arsenal were going through a little bit of difficulty. So he went to West Brom. And I think that was a great move for him to get Premier League experience, to stay in England and kind of adjust to the physicality and, you know, just kind of keep uh, his attention or keep Arsenal um, keeping their attention on him. So anyway, he's playing there and, you know, he comes into the team immediately. So he's playing and I can't remember how I felt about him at the moment, but I thought he wasn't doing too bad. But then Tony Pulis, the coach at the time, came out and said he's not good enough to play at this level. He actually said that. You know, he said that he's not going to be playing and he's not Premier League ability. And so think about how that would make someone feel. Like, I feel like maybe if he said that to Nabry in person, maybe that might have had a better effect on him when he was like, Do you know what, I want to prove you wrong, etc. But he's on loan right now, so he's already in a fragile position. He then gets publicly uh, ridiculed where his manager says that he's not good enough publicly, which must be a real hit at you, especially when you're trying, you're going to a lesser team as well, and the lesser team is telling you you're not good enough. So you're already going there thinking that you're good enough to get in the team, and then the team that you should be getting into are telling you that you're not even good enough to get into them. So that must have taken a real massive blow to, to Nabri, and I've looked at some of his interviews where he actually confirms this. 
So, you know, Arsenal recall him and then he goes back to Germany. I believe he goes to Frankfurt and he's on loan there. Well, I think we sell him to Frankfurt actually. And he goes there and he plays there for a little while. And then, you know, he then, I think he kind of finds himself again. You know, so this is an opportunity to find himself and kind of regather his confidence levels. He is a player with ability, right? And the things that kind of attracted him to Arsenal or Arsenal to him were the same things that he was showing at Frankfurt, which means the ability wasn't different and it didn't change. The same things like him dribbling past people, him using his pace, his aggression, his ability to shoot, score, create chances for others. Those are the things he was still showing at Frankfurt, which means the ability was there. Reminded to yourself, the ability is there in, in most cases. Now, it was just a matter of him believing that. You know, so he was on a, almost a confidence rehab period where he was able to get himself back to his best or closer to his best. Bayern Munich picked him up. Even though Bayern Munich picked him up, they did shift him back on loan. So I think he was on loan to Hoffenheim at the time. So, you know, there is a bit of a plus for him getting selected by a big team. But then Hoffenheim, um, the Hoffenheim loan maybe showing him, okay, maybe he's still not good enough. So maybe those trauma or those traumatic moments where you know, him getting loaned is coming back to him. So he uses that as a positive. He actually really gets some good numbers up at Hoffenheim, I think for two seasons, and then goes to Bayern again. And long story short, he wins player of the season last season at Bayern, which is crazy to think. He was at West Brom, where they were saying he wasn't good enough. He wasn't getting game time at Arsenal. Arsenal sold him, and I don't believe they have a clause, which means that they didn't really see that they were, he would have a future for them to want him back. And, you know, he's now won the player of the tournament, one of the player of the season in one of the biggest teams in the world. Now, it'll be interesting to see how we perceive those moments. But to be fair to Nabry, Tony Pulis coming out and ridiculing him publicly was a threat at his trait confidence, which is more credit to him to how he actually was able to recover from that and get him to the point where he's now one of the most... Uh, bright exciting young talents in european football at the moment he's playing tonight he's playing tottenham hopefully by win but yes so his trade confidence was really threatened and as i said it'll be really good to speak to him and find out what it was that he did and how he took those moments and how at each stage of his career how he felt and what he did during those times to bounce back and you know he's someone that really went through a difficult time and the most credit to him in building himself back up especially from public humiliation you know so that's someone that you can draw inspiration from that even if you're suffering from the worst loss in confidence trait uh confidence which is usually the worst form because it's traumatic you know a moment like that public humiliation a serious long-term injury so anyone out there that's having those moments Serge Nasbury is a great example for you to bounce back you know, from those moments. Stay confident. It really needs to be you interpreting that successful moments are going to come and unsuccessful moments are going to come too. Yeah. And for you to have that trait confidence maintained, you knowing your worth, you knowing your ability, it's all about how you interpret the situations that you're in. Right. Now, how do you improve confidence? Now, let's start off by your language because there's been too many times that I've been working at clubs and I've heard players say things like this. I've lost my head. It's not going well for me at the moment. I'm just in the rut. And so many other negative things. And the most 
you know, we've got, we're at the point where we can now admit and understand that our minds govern how we, you know, how we speak. And then how we speak governs how we behave. So if someone's saying that they've lost their head, things are not going well for them, they're stuck in a rut, they're just not in a good place, what do you think your behaviour will be like? Your behaviour wouldn't be miraculously impressive. Gosh, I can't speak right now. Miraculously, like, uh, motivational or heroic, essentially. It's negative talk. So the negative talk is more likely to lead to negativity, i.e. unsuccessful moments, which means that your confidence is going to be threatened because you're interpreting those moments as threatening uh, threatening to your ability to perform. So what can you do about that? You can change the way that you speak. If you change the way you see those moments, you change the way that you perceive situations in sport, that can then help you to protect your confidence levels, especially because you've got trait confidence inside of you. So, you know, what could be alternatives to that? So if someone says, I lost my head, what could be an alternative to that? Let off the rip, off the top of my head, one of the alternatives could be, I'm working to change things. You know, so if someone thinks, you know, things are not going well at the moment, you're stuck in a rut, you, you just use that as a binary opposite actually. I'm stuck in a rut, I'm working to change things. The law of averages will work out for me. You know, those are, those are more empowering terminologies that you could use. If someone says, I lost my head, I'm gonna work to change that. You know, and if you know your ability, you know that you can work to change that. You know, and so that's, that's, that's one step one. So speaking to yourself, the language that you use, the linguistics that you use is seriously powerful and can affect your behavior. You know, have you ever heard someone that was so positive in football and ended up being, you know, in the, in the worst place that they, they could imagine? Usually when you speak to someone like Sterling, if you even look at his post now, it's so positive because he's in a great place. But there's no, we have to take it in reverse. He is positive and a great, in a great place because he's speaking positive. And so many other things as well, which we'll get to. But speaking really does affect your behavior. And so that's step one. Have to change your linguistics, okay? And um, another thing is how you perceive mistakes and perceive maybe losses and stuff like that. Yes, they're not great. And by all means, I'm not telling you to see them as good things or not be upset when they happen. But you've got to know that that's pretty much a guarantee in your sport. You're going to lose games. You may lose 10 in a row, but you may win 15 in a row. And you just have to kind of know that it's just the sport. Things happen and things can change. Why? Because you can change. You can change the way that you play. You can adjust it and utilize your skill levels and your ability to, to lead to successful moments. All right, so step one is changing the way that you speak. Another one is past performances. Past performances are really important in helping you maintain your state confidence, okay? And so past performances reassures you and reminds you what you can do. Now you could actually watch them, uh, a past performance. You can watch yourself in action, maybe partic uh, participate in a particular phase of play that you feel uh, is affecting your confidence at that time. I would say if you're not uh, in, in, if you're in a great place right now, 
kind of have a few things in your gallery. So maybe have, if you're a goalkeeper, some of your saves. Maybe have some of your kicks. Maybe some of your handling and crossing and stuff like that. So maybe some of your communication. So clips of you in moments which you feel are integral or important to your performance and skill level, you know? So if you're a striker, once again, it could be a video or montage on your movement. It could be shooting, it could be headering. Have successful moments of you participating in the skills, um, in the sport that you're doing or the, you know, the position that you're in to then kind of remind you that you can do it. It's within your locker. And then your confidence will be maintained, right? Uh, your state confidence, that is. So past performances, all of these collectively work to you improving your, your confidence, by the way. And so the next one is uh, basically learning from role models. So if I was to change that, I would say model performances. So you using, or the same way that you use yourself as from past experiences, you using models, people that you look up to, people that you feel very similar and attracted to in terms of your game, and those that are closely maybe in your skill level that you can kind of like uh, model from. Those people, you need a recollection or recollection of their ability to perform certain tasks. And by doing that, you feel related to them and you feel quite similar to them, which kind of encourages you and motivates you to be able to execute those very things that are of your concern. So let's just say I, I'm a striker. I used to be a striker back in the day. Um, headering would be one thing, maybe my first touch, my shooting and um, my left foot. I would then have examples of one of the players that I look up to, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, quite tall like me, you know, he's got a great touch, got a great foot, great left foot and he's just a beast in the air. Those are things that I would kind of use and kind of build and model myself from. Now let's just say um, I was, you know, a professional footballer, Zlatan could be a great player that I could look up to. It could even be a Berbatov. You know, some of those players are quite great in stature and then I'll look at some of the games where I've actually performed and believe me in my time, those uh, key attributes were really at a great height because I was, you know, had a great touch, great shot. I was really good in, no, I wasn't good in the air, that's a lie, to be fair. But then I had a good left foot as well. So those things there would increase my confidence levels. And even if I was going in difficult circumstances, I could either look at some past performances, kind of use some of the models that I would look at and reference their game into mine. And then I'll also then change the way that I speak. You know, so if I was going through a difficult scenario, I would use language, which is a bit more positive, a bit more empowering and a bit more proactive into you changing your narrative. And then lastly, it's you interpreting uh, nerves and feelings, you know. So a lot of the time, sometimes you might get nervous when situations happen. Sometimes your heart might beat. Sometimes you might sweat. Or some people said that they, they will get like muscle aches when confidence was really being um, threatened. And it's how you interpret that. If you interpret those moments in your career, maybe nerves or maybe getting butterflies in your stomach as oh my gosh, like things are not gonna go well for me, or um, I'm proper nervous, I might bottle it, then it's likely for you to perform in a certain way. But if you actually embrace those feelings, embrace those nerves, embrace those, you know, the sweats or the increase in heart rate as, do you know what, that's probably meant to happen. I should be nervous, but it's okay. Like those are, that's natural. I'm playing against or within or in front of 15,000 people. Of course I'm gonna be nervous. But you know, I already know that my touch is on point 
and 15,000 people are going to see that you know and so once you kind of interpret some situations that happen uh, and co it confirms your, your human as well sorry I didn't mention that and so once you kind of start interpreting some moments or like physiological responses which may seem like nerves and they probably are nerves but embrace that because it proves that you're human it proves that you care and it proves that you're at a particular level that you should be at you know and embrace them rather than kind of like avoid them or magnify them and think that it's the worst thing for you that can be a real powerful way for you to empower your state confidence because if you interpret if you interpret scenarios that will typically to a normal human being look threatening if you can approach that and use that to to empower yourself and to you to focus on your key skills or the things that are most um, impressive about you as a footballer then there's not going to be many things that really threaten your confidence levels if you then interpret you know you losing three four games in a row and understand it's football and you know that if you keep going at it if you keep shooting Watford because they've had great shots and they've scored a lot of goals a few goals this season if they keep going at it things will change for them that, that would then protect their confidence levels because they know they're an attacking team. They know that, you know, may, it might just be this moment that you might need someone like Troy Dean in your team and accept that, you know, they're in a, in a moment right now that is quite difficult. However, if they then play to their strengths, if they then use Andre Gray, who's a great sub-maxer, essentially, and if they play a certain way and keep threatening and keep putting balls into the box and stay a little, get a little bit more sturdier in defence, they've got good defenders, then things will change for them. And I'm saying that all to say that how you interpret scenarios is going to be the way that you can protect your confidence levels in your career. Facts. Okay? And so use these four methods. Kind of write them down and kind of expand on them. Expand on your past performances. What have you done to show you know, um, those key attributes that are within your trait confidence levels? How have you shown them in, in, your, in your level of competition? And try and get footage of that. If you can't, script it, write it down, write down some key moments, write down what you did, what you did to a defender, how you made a defender feel, how you made the opposition feel, how you really maximise that skill that you're focusing on in your performance levels. Once again, the same for past or, or model performances. Who is quite similar to you? Who do you look up to? Who's in your position that performs those tasks um, successfully? Get some clips on them get something on them and really start studying it and kind of embracing it and you kind of letting yourself know that it's really something that you can do you know and then you practice it obviously nothing's going to come without application so you're you're doing that on the pitch in training etc and just knowing that it's within your locker anyway and then you also want to be changing the way that you speak if you're going through a difficult circumstance you just know that circumstances are going to be difficult in your sport and it's more about what you're doing to change that. So if you're, if you know that you say a few things about you, are things are not going well, or you know I've lost my head, change that language, replace that, find an adequate replacement, a realistic um, replacement, something that actually would come out of your mouth. Don't just change it into a magical statement. Change it to something that's real, something that you can just say very quickly. So when you're in a game, instead of you saying I've lost my head, you've just got that quick response that alternative response that empowering response that will encourage you to then start executing your your uh, skills so if you're a winger just keep putting balls in that box 
Someone's gonna get that. Keep putting balls in that box. You know, if that's one of your skills or your most uh, uh, prized asset. If your prized asset is winning the ball in the air, just keep getting in there. Jump early. Keep doing those things. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the next one. If I'm not, the law of averages suggests that I'll get one of these. And you keep repeating and being persistent, and things will change for you. So that's one of the things that I kind of want to leave with you today. Um, I had Joel on here as well, that um, the founder of Field Football, that gave me an example of when he was playing in the FA North, and you know he lived quite far away from the fixtures, 90 minutes away, and for about four hours away on away days. And so he had a moment where his confidence was uh, at least threatened because he was frozen out by the coach by being late to a game once, and one of the good things about him is that his trait confidence was intact which prevented him from losing confidence and as a result he was playing in the FA North but you know he was frozen out of the team but then got picked up to Luton, Luton Town and so I'm using him as an, a brief example right now of someone that had real difficult moments but his trait confidence was intact which allowed him to be you know empowered in a sense and he moved on to great heights so it's important that the start is you knowing your or establishing your trait confidence. Know you, know your most important asset, know your skill level, and only success from can come from there. And then now you've got a little bit of, uh, you've got some tools in your locker as a first aid kind of application when you feel like your state confidence is being challenged. I hope that adds value to you. Hopefully we can get to speak to Serge Nabri and really get insight into how he felt. And hopefully we get to speak to you guys very soon. I hope you enjoyed that and look forward to the next time. And guys, just remember, confidence is something that is, you know, most of you have, probably most people, if anything, everybody watching this has confidence. But it's how you interpret situations and moments in sport which actually affects how you feel and then perform. All right? Take care and see you again.